And his thing was, he was saying, yeah, but if a woman is dating a passive Christian, it becomes, how do I get you to come to church? But when they're dating someone who's actively not Christian, it's how do I get you to believe? And then how do I get you to come to church? Yeah. Every mistake is an opportunity to learn. Even those whack exes and lame situationships you endured. This podcast helps single black millennials date smarter by sharing stories of what not to do in dating. Join me, Randy, as I talk with black millennials about the dating lessons they've learned and the mistakes they never want to make again. This is Situationships Podcast, and I'm your host, Randy. So I'm very excited to talk to you today. One, because you are a fellow podcaster. Yeah. Um, and you know about, you know, being behind a mic and, and, and all of that good stuff. But two, um, because you have a couple of interesting experiences related to dating. And I think the first thing that I want to talk about um, is something that I don't feel like I hear a whole lot of conversation about, but I also feel like is super important. Um, and it's about religion. Mm-hmm. And so you reached out to me um, because of your experience with your religious beliefs and the religious beliefs of the the women that you generally date. And so I was just hoping you could kind of give me an overview of your experience um, so far. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So my experience thus far with dating and religion kind of comes into the fact that I am what you would call a deist. So DS means you believe in a higher power, but not one that has a direct influence in your life. And a lot of the women that I've been dating recently are are Christian. And the biggest problem that has presented is that, you know, I'll kind of bring up the question of how do you feel about your significant other not practicing the same religion as you? And... And I think you told me, too, when when we talked before, that you predominantly date black women. Yeah, like, I only date black women. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, but... And we know how this <laughs> can be sometimes with their religion. Right? So, yeah, so... And a lot of black people are Christian. I mean, there are black people that are, like, Muslim and Catholic or whatever. But the vast majority are Christian. And... Um, but, yeah, that, so that's what happens is I'll I'll talk to them and then... They'll tell me that sometimes it's like they want their significant other to be Christian and they're like, we'll see what happens with us. Or it's just straight up like, I don't think this is going to work. So it's been kind of a, even the ones who say like they'll see what happens, it usually doesn't end well, as you can probably tell because I'm still single now. <laughs> um, But yeah, it's just, it's just been one of those kind of struggles with that. So I'm curious about the, about the women who are like, are open to it. Like, how is is the religion the thing that ends it usually, or is it kind of one of the factors that ends it? How does it play in for the women who are like, you know what, let's see, I'm willing to consider it. How does that end up playing out? It, it's usually they they usually just cite religion as a reason. Mm-hmm. Like, um, one of my most recent, the most re- one of the most recent times, I was talking talking with a girl, and I and I mentioned it, and she was like oh, you know, it's not like a big deal, whatever. And then maybe a month or so later, she was like, hey, I'm trying to get closer with God. And since you're not really Christian like that, I don't think this will work. 
And I always find, and these days I'm kind of conflicted on how I like view religion and relationships only because and it's funny because I was having this conversation with my roommate the other day. Um, if you look at how I am just as a person, mm-hmm. you could reasonably assume, well, let me take a step back for a second. When I look at Christianity, right, the teaching of the two biggest teachings of Christianity are being morally just and humility, right? Mm-hmm. And the way I am, I like to think I'm a morally just person. I don't just go around punching people in the face for no reason. Right. Um, I do kind of live by doing to others as you had them doing to you because that's mm-hmm. just pretty good advice in general. And I like to think I'm a pretty humble person. I know, like, one problem I've been having recently is I don't really, like, brag on myself. And I don't celebrate myself, really. That's, that's the better way to say it. And since I don't celebrate myself, I definitely don't brag on myself. Um, and so if you look at it from kind of that standpoint, I kind of do fit that that Christian mold. And I kind of brought up my roommate, who's a very devout Christian. Okay. And I was like, hey, I mean, is it me? Or even now, is it like a lot of guys? And he calls them passive Christians. It's like they don't necessarily go to church. Mm-hmm. They do, you know, do claim Christian faith and all that good stuff. And I was saying to him, like, yo, is it me or is it like, you know, I'm a, at minimum the same level as a passive Christian. Right, right, right. But, you know, because but I, I don't have that label. Yeah, because I directly say I'm not Christian. Then that kind of like has me looked down upon. And his thing was he was saying, yeah, but if a woman is dating a passive Christian, it becomes how do I get you to come to church? But when they're dating someone who's actively not Christian, it's how do I get you to believe? And then how do I get you to come to church? Yeah. Yeah. And getting you to believe also, that's a, that's a big hurdle to like get over. Oh yeah. And then, and for some it's insurmountable. Right. Exactly. (laughs) So, I mean, that's, that's kind of the more or less what I've experienced thus far. It's interesting because I would, you know, it, that makes sense to me that like that juxtaposition of like convincing someone to come to church versus convincing someone to change faiths and then also come to church. Um, that makes a lot of sense to me, like that comparison. But also, like, I just feel like you shouldn't like if someone like marry someone who wants to go to church if that's what you want. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I don't know. <laughs> so I don't know if that's like, I don't, I don't know if that's relevant to you per se, because either way you like, that's more advice, I guess, for those women who, who mm. have issue. Um, and I'm also curious too, like, so the women that you're encountering who cite religion as a reason why um, they don't think it's going to work out. Are they like, I guess like how, churchy are they or religious are they like how 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 much of their practice and you know everyone's spiritual belief is internal and whatever but I'm just Mm -hmm. curious like if is it something that they talk about regularly being an active part of their life um like does that you know desire or proclamation align with how they actually live their life 
<laughs> so and no the, judgment i'm just you know <laughs> no it's it, it is kind of a uh funny question the first girl that that i kind of had that i kind of like remembered this type of conversation happening with mm-hmm. she was like she from what i remember she went to church like every sunday you know okay um she was like she was very very christian you know all that good stuff and that was probably the first time when i was like this might not work but mm. then um most of the women after that it was never like very outwardly that they were christian you know like i mm-hmm, wouldn't mm-hmm. i wouldn't always hear about them going to church and maybe they would go and just not tell me you know what i'm saying maybe right, i just right. never knew when they were going um but from conversations it, I never got like a, a strong like Christian vibe from them. Not saying that they weren't. It just never got that vibe. Uh, and then, then it's like when I bring it up, that's when it you know, like the like the most recent when I was talking about earlier. I also didn't get the vibe from her, but that, at the same time, this is during Corona, so yeah. people weren't leaving the house for real to do much of anything. Yeah. Um, but. You know, but at the same time, her reasoning was that she was trying to grow her faith. You know what I'm saying? So that's real. That's real. You know, I found out I might have you know found out a time where like she didn't feel like her faith was that strong, but she wanted her faith to be stronger, and she didn't feel like me as a person that's not of Christian faith could help her through that journey. You know mm, what I'm saying? That's and that's that's an excellent point. That's an excellent point. And I guess because like and and for context for. You and the listeners, like, I am don't identify as Christian. I'm not Christian. I'm mm-hmm. not, I don't consider myself religious. Um, I didn't grow up in church. I went to church a handful of, like, you know, sometimes with my grandma and my dad. Um, but, but yeah, so, so I would, I actually relate to you more than I would say to the women that you date <laughs> because I'm always afraid that um, if I meet someone who's very religious that they won't like that I'm not religious. Um but and so I guess and and like I hear my questions as <laughs> as they're coming out of my mouth like <laughs> <laughs> I because my first my first I guess reaction is like do they really actually know what they want or is this just something that like women or black women have been told that they're supposed to want in a partner like you're supposed to want a god-fearing man like a godly man and all of this christian man mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. um and how much of that is truly like part of your value system um and like truly important to to what you want um like that you know the person you're talking about specifically like who's looking to get closer to god and and have their partner help them with that that makes that makes a lot of sense too um but the other thing i was thinking about that could be a potential, I guess, um, issue is, um, like raising children. Um, and I'm curious if you have thoughts about, like, I I think when we talked before, I think you said you are open to dating women who are Mm -hmm. not, who have a different religious background than you. Um, but if you were to end up with someone like, how would you, do you have thoughts about how you would navigate, like, the fam, like, how your family would be, how they would interpret or, or understand or practice religion? That, that's a very hard question. It is. I, I don't say that. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. Um, I do the same thing with my podcast. Um, and I've thought about it a little bit, not, like, heavy, 
But, you know, the, the biggest thing for kids is cohesiveness and, co- and consistency. Mm. And it's kind of hard to say that, oh, if I, you know, practice my spirituality while my wife is practicing her Christianity, then it'll be fine in the household. Uh, I can't 100 percent. I can't 100% say either way. Uh, yeah. if it would or wouldn't work, but I guess you I, have a preference on how you're like, would you mind if your children were raised Christian? If your wife wanted to raise them Christian, it was important to her. I would say I wouldn't mind, but then at the same time, so like how it would work in my head. Right. So I'd be like, you know, if you want, if you want to teach it, I would say don't necessarily force the religion upon them. Okay. Um, allow them to like to to learn it on the on their own, and you know what I'm saying, like, because Christianity wasn't really forced on me, but it was the religion I grew up with. You know, I went right. to church with my mom to like junior high. Um, you know, everybody around me was Christian, and but it but it's good for the kids to kind of see the different religious at like different religions in my head anyway. Like, I'm always a, a fan of taking in all the knowledge you can, all the information you can, and then making a well-informed decision from that. So, mm-hmm. in my head, religion works the same way, but I could be completely wrong, you know what I'm saying? Because I haven't... To me, religion is a tool, right? So, everybody has their their spiritual balance um, and spiritual heights that they want to achieve. And a lot of people do that through... Um, organized religion some people have stepped away from organized religion you know they say they're more spiritual and then they do the spiritual journey you know through their own means and however they find it and so I don't I don't think you know one way is any better or worse than another way so with the kids it'd be one of those things where like they see me practicing one way and they see my wife practicing another way and I say, give them that freedom to choose which way. And if neither of our ways of what they really think should be good, then let them find another way or, or help them, you know, practice it another way. So I guess that's my answer. That's fair. Um, I guess with that being said, I could see a woman who for whom like Christianity is really, really important. (laughs) And like, if she is, if she is very insistent on raise, like having a Christian family or raising her, her, her children in a Christian home or in a Christian manner um, or any other manner, really uh, religious manner. um, I can see that being an issue for her. Cause like, it sounds like you, you want like, you, it sounds like you want a home where everyone has the autonomy to make a decision to practice the faith that they believe. Yes. Um, and that's something I think that that sounds like a more, um, I'd say progressive, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. especially for like a black family um, way to think about religion within a family. Um but yeah, I feel I feel like I feel like if there was a black woman who was like, no, I want to raise raise a Christian, my my children Christian, she she probably wouldn't be okay with like this more open, um, I don't know, way yeah. of looking at things. Well, so 
so how do you approach how do you approach religion now when you date? Um, I don't. <laughs> okay. Um, it's and you. I'm sorry. Before you answer that, so you said the most recent situation. That, so you said that was during Corona. Yeah, that was like February, 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 March. So I guess like how um how often is this an issue? <laughs> like what percent of the women that you date this has been an issue with? Uh over 80. Oh wow. Oh, oh, okay. Oh wow. Yeah. Shoot. And I don't oh, know how a... I keep finding them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's a big number. Um Okay, so then, so, okay. <laughs> I feel like I need to process that. <laughs> it's hard but, No, yeah. <laughs> Tell me about it. Um, but, so, going back to the other question, like, how do you, how do you look at dating, or excuse me, religion and dating? Just overall or for me personally? Yeah, like, as you're, pro- like, as you're getting to know someone, as you're meeting someone, is it something, like, you're you're aware that this has been an issue 80% of the time. Like, is it something that you bring up early? Is it something that you kind of wait for the other person to bring up? Is it something that, like, do you have your filters on hinge set to, like, <laughs> not Christian because y'all heifers, you know, don't like me, that whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, how, how do you think about it now? Now that you know that it's been an issue, um, I guess, how is it weighing in your mind? Uh, so I try to kind of understand how heavily, you know, someone's religious leanings are before I even attempt to take them on the first date. And granted, um, you can't always tell that, but like, like if I see a girl and I see her Instagram profile has like a Bible verse, I'm probably not going like trying to shoot my shot because okay it's, it's probably not going to end well for me yeah um and then outside of that i tend to bring up the question sometime after the first date because for me the first date is like the vibe like the vibe check you know what i'm saying right. like do do we vibe together so if we don't even vibe together it's not even then hard. yeah so you know if we after the first date we kind of vibe and then i kind of I try to ease into it. I don't want to just like be on the phone with you one night and then be like, "Hey, by the way, I'm not Christian, so you know, do with the information what you may." Right. Um, I try to kind of ease into it. It's usually why you know it's, you know, how do you, uh, how do you feel about religion? How do you feel about your significant other not practicing the same faith as you? You know, things like that to kind of like bring up the idea of it. And the thing that I always like, the thing that's been like irking me recently. Um, is so I bring it up first date. So first date might be like within two to three weeks of me knowing you, and I, we have the conversation, and then I get the, you know, the uncertain answer. Like I think I'll be fine, or probably. Um, I prefer mm-hmm. no. If you if you have any uncertainty and you kind of have a strong feeling that it's gonna be no, just tell me no. I'll be fine. I promise. Uh, but it's like those uncertain answers where like there was a girl I was dating well dating not too long ago she didn't cite religion as a reason for us not working so I don't know if that was a thing but I did bring it up and she did say that she wanted her kids to be Christian Um, Um, so I mean, the only text I got was, you're a nice guy and all, but I don't think this will work. So I was like, all right, well, okay, whatever. 
Um, Can I ask? Okay. I want to ask a question. How yes. long had you been, had, had you guys been dating? Um, a month, I think. How did you meet? I sent her DMs on Instagram. Okay. You know. Keep it real. No, it's 100. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could have a whole thing about how to find DMs, but. Actually, we will get to that. Don't worry. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I'm actually very curious. Okay. That's an aside. Uh, so, yeah, that, that happened. I got sidetracked and I forgot what I was talking about. Um, yeah, but she didn't cite religion as the reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, when I first did bring it up, she was like, she was uncertain about it. And the problem that happens, that's starting oh. to happen for me, is when you give me those uncertain answers, I don't want to put as much effort into the relationship anymore because like in the back of my mind it's like you're gonna tell me that it's not gonna work because of religious reasons so you know rip the band-aid off now you know just let me know now and so some people it actually might be a maybe thing but i'm trying you know i'm saying trying not to fall into that like not putting energy into it because then it becomes a self-fulfilling yeah because self-fulfilling prophecy yeah so the thing, it's funny, the thing that I've been thinking a lot about when it comes to probably life in general, but definitely dating is I think a lot of people don't really know what they want. Um, mm. And I, I think I think people have an idea of what they want, but I don't think a lot of people know what they what that looks like in real life, like what that looks like in your face, like someone is looking at you and how you want them to respond and behave. And so and I also don't think we necessarily spend a lot of time considering what our what values are truly important to us. And I think and uh, this is going to sound like <laughs> I don't know, because I'm not Christian. Right. And I'm not and I don't want it to sound too judgy. Um, but I do think that like religion is one of those things that is often passed down to us. Right. And the values Mm -hmm. that come along with religion is often passed down to us and something that is not often actively discovered. And I know there are people who is passed down and then they, then they do their own research and decide to stay with their faith. I, I, I understand that. Um, but I do think there are a lot of people who are just like, go to church because that's what they know, you know, Um, or say they want a Christian family because that's what they know. Um, And so I'm, I I can believe those, a lot of women probably genuinely hadn't thought about it and what they want um, with regards to religion and their family life, their future partnership or whatever. But I also could believe that at the end of the day, like, the idea of having a Christian family is still probably really ingrained in their, in the vision that they probably had for their future, you know, um, regardless is if it's like truly what their heart desires or what their heart would really want or care about. Mm -hmm. Um, so I can see why you, like, like I said, I believe that they don't know, but I could also see how, um, that maybe is probably not a good sign. (laughs) Yeah. I know Um, like a lot of, I mean, and um, I know a lot of people, especially like the people I know, um, they are big on how their parents, not necessarily how their parents perceive them, but, you know, they, they tend to follow in their parents' footsteps fairly closely. Mm-hmm. So if they grew up in a home where, you know, 
Christianity's practiced a lot, and you know that's what their, um, you know, mother and father do. Then they might not, they might not have found their own reason for following the faith aside from the right. fact that this is what my parents do, and this is what I feel is right. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but you know, sometimes it is like some people they just follow like what their parents have done because that's what they know, and they. You know, whether it be they don't want to take the time to find something else, they don't feel like it's necessary to find something else, or they're just too scared to find something else, you know? Right, right. Well, I think, like I said, I think, like, religion and dating um, is interesting because it's funny because um, <laughs> I'm always telling my best friend's business on the show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, but that's been, that religion has been, it has come up in her most recent dating life and I'm not going to go into details cause she going to yell at me. Um, but, but it's definitely, it's been something that she, it's like she and I've been talking about lately and thinking about lately. Um, she's Christian and, and she's almost like, am I Christian enough? Like, I don't even know if I'm like enough mm-hmm. of a Christian. Um, and it's funny cause she is, she is someone who like we've talked um, and she's told me how she does want to marry um, a, a man of faith, a, a Christian man. Um, and I'm not, sh- I, I'm actually not sure if she would be open to date. I think she would be open to dating someone who's not Christian, but um, actually not thinking about it. I think her, one of her exes wasn't Christian and it was a bit of an issue. So yeah, like I said, she, and, like she's, you know, she goes to church sometimes, you know, I wouldn't call her like, you know, churchy. Um, and I don't think she would call herself churchy. Um, so moral of the story, again, it's not looking good for you, bruh. Like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm slowly starting to accept that. No, um, no. Like, and I think, I think, you know, it sounds like you have a healthy perspective on it. Um, it's something that like you understand is a reality and you try to navigate it the best you can. But cause I, I was thinking about it. It's almost like, it's, it's like any kind of thing that's uncommon right like let's say let's say you have like a mental illness or whatever and you Mm -hmm. it's something that you know is relevant to your life and it might be a deal breaker for someone else and it's one of those things where like some people are going to be okay with it and some people aren't going to be okay with it or like having kids like some people are okay with dating people with with kids some people aren't okay with dating people um who have kids and it's just kind of one of those things where um especially as we all get older and have more like baggage and life and just <laughs> things that we come with that we all have to navigate and pick and choose what's what's really important to us. All right, all right. But I wanted to transition into segment two, which is asking for a friend. So are you, what's your current dating status? I would say technically Ooh, that's single. Oh, that's Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> technically single. Oh, um, oh, oh, what's the technically? The uh, technicalities of it. Because I don't want to say it's complicated, but I did recently meet someone and we've been communicating somewhat heavily. Okay. Um, we went on, I think, one official date. I didn't. Sometimes I confirm if it's a date or not. Other times, just like yeah, it's a date. Uh, so I'm just go with I think one official date. But how did, how did you meet? She 
so she's from the area. Well, she's not from the area. She moved to the area. Uh-huh. And um, there's like a group me of all the black professionals in the area. Right. And um, we, we like met at a couple like small gatherings. Mm-hmm. And then um, she ended up DMing me on Instagram about something on my podcast. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I remember like that's what she like DM me about. Mm-hmm. And then we just started talking back and forth about that. And then it just transitioned to like a normal conversation. That's adorable. <laughs> um, so, Okay. So I, I like legitimately want to talk to you about this like DM sliding thing because because I have a theory. I don't know if you call it a theory, but I think that dating apps are going to start to dwindle. And I think people are going to start using Instagram and these other social media platforms more heavily to find dating options because... All right, here's this is why I think this. So I first got on dating apps back in like 2015, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a great time. I really enjoyed <laughs> dating apps because it was also the first time that I was like really dating like for real and not just kind of like meeting people I knew in life or at school or whatever. Um, so I had a really good time and I was meeting people who were interested. Like, you know, and I actually met some people who I liked, like, but even the people who I didn't like, click click with you know we still had like a good time um so a decent date but now and this is even pre-rona it's like no one wants to have a conversation it's like I can't even get to the point of a first date with a lot of I can't even get to a a decent back and forth with people (laughs) um and like, it's funny because I posted about this on Instagram and this woman who runs another dating account, she was like, well, maybe you should reach out first um, or like start the conversation first. And like, I feel you. And I and I I actually think women should be more um, take more initiative in in dating and in pursuing what they want. However. I just feel like. I am not doing all of the labor of carrying a conversation with a man <laughs> on an app <laughs> that I do not know. And I feel like at the like we literally spend time filling out profiles and like answering questions and picking pictures so that you have something to ask me about. And and if all you can say is hey or how mm. are you and that like that's and that's like all I get all of the time. It's just like you're not even trying, but you want me to try? And and that's sorry. And I'm I'm gonna I'm clearly on a rant here, but <laughs> um, but like I even like I even try, like if they say hi, how are you? I will like mirror the conversation just to to put the ball back in their court to come with me with a like an actually like engaging question or like way to have a conversation. And still nothing. And I'm just like, this is this is and I'm I, I will claim i'm i judge people i'm easily bored i'm like if you're boring i don't want to talk to you this is boring this is dumb this is waste my time um but like but it's just so dry like there was there was a time when there were a lot of boring dudes but at least once in a while i would come across someone who's interesting um but anyway and i and i think that's happened because i think um 
people feel like they have too many options. I think all of the dating apps are saturated. Um, Hinge claims to be for relationships, but I don't understand what makes it any different than any other app other than the marketing, other than them telling you that it's for for relationships. Um, And so everyone's on the same app. Trust me, I live in a small city with not that many black people or black professionals. um, And I see the same people across every single app. Um, And so I think because of all the oversaturation of dating apps, and, and again, rant continued. <laughs> and because um, dating apps are really just an avenue to meet people. It's just an opportunity to, to literally collide with a potential partner. Um, and you could do that anywhere online, you know? Like, so I think, and Instagram is my social media of choice. And so I think, like, all the people who are on Hinge are likely also on Instagram. And so... I feel like that's an easier way to kind of bring up to to engage someone in conversation that's maybe has a little bit less pressure because it's not a dating app, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe because like dating apps are just played now. And so this is an opportunity to do the same thing, but on a different platform. What are your I, thoughts? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I, I feel you on that. Um, I used to use dating apps. Um, I get, like, very, very, very little success on dating apps. Really? Um, yeah. I don't I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I, it's me. It's, it's 100% me because I have – because, like – It's not. <laughs> I was on I was on Tinder for, like – Tinder's whack, on, period. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I was on there for, like, six months. And then in the entire six months, I might have got, like, uh, four or five swipes. Wow. Um but then I got friends who like they get like ten swipes a day. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? What what am I doing wrong? They are um, swiping on everybody. That's what they're doing. That too. Um, I was on Hinge. I did get like a couple. Hinge is probably where I had like the most success as far as like matches go. Yeah. Um. Well, I wouldn't even say as far as matches go because people would match with me, and then like I read through the profile and like, and no. Because <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm like kind of picky about what I like, and I know what I don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I, I was easy to, fi- it was easy to filter through people just knowing what I don't like. Um, and then even, even with some people who I would like match with and have conversations with, I kind of, kind of with you, or in the same boat as you is, I'm not trying to carry the entire conversation, right? Like. I, I get it, you know, the the norms for the guy to, like, initiate conversation and all that good stuff. That's cool or whatever. But, like, I'll ask you – I'll ask you things about your profile. Like, if you put that, you know, you were in band in high school, I'd be like, oh, you know, what instrument did you play? And I'm hoping that since you put that topic on your Hinge profile, it is – You actually want to talk about it. <laughs> right. And so then – but if I ask you about it, it's like, oh, I play cello. It's like, oh, okay, well. And period. And yeah. Period. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, what was the point of you even putting that on there if that's all you was going to say? So then it's stuff like that. But as far as social media replacing mm-hmm. dating apps, that's, I would say a bold statement, but I can completely see where you're coming from. You know, I can't, I, I'm not on dating apps anymore because, again, like, very little success, so no point in wasting my time. But you on the gram, ain't you? I am, and only, <laughs> but honestly, I'm not big on social media for real, for real. Okay. And the only reason I have Instagram is to help promote my podcast. Yeah. So, 
Um, even though I have a personal page and a podcast page, but we're not going to talk about it. Um, but the one thing about guys specifically and being on, you know, Instagram or social media apps, DM sliding there is so hard. Really? Because, and this is like half personal experience, half like, um, not necessarily conjecture, but like, whatever. Um, <laughs> so like when you see an attractive girl that's on Instagram, right? And you don't know anything about it other than the fact that she's attractive. Right. So if you think her attractive she's attractive there's probably at least two or three hundred other guys that think she's attractive especially she has like 10 to fifteen thousand followers so the problem well, first of all why are you sliding in the why are you sliding in the chick with the 10 to fifteen thousand followers i don't that's do on it. you i was gonna say that's not like <laughs> you making bad decisions sorry right. go ahead <laughs> um but you know but at the same time you still run into this, this that's a, I, see, I get your point yeah yeah, you know, it's it's a bunch of other dudes all trying to do this, all trying to get her attention. They're all trying to get her attention. And it becomes this this kind of, not necessarily arms race, but how do I get her attention the best? And even for girls who have like two or 3,000 followers, it's still, simple, it's still a similar thing where it's still like, you know, 15, 20, 30 dudes all trying to DM her, get her attention. And to her, you could just be another 30 dude that just wants you know, to talk to her because they saw a booty pic. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so that's when it becomes kind of hard to just straight up slide in DMs. So. But like, I feel you. Mm-hmm. But. Okay, she you slide and she don't respond. You shot your shot and you got like, but you know, it's like, like that's not what y'all say. Shoot your shot. Like, oh, yeah. You know I, what I mean? Like, I just feel like. So, like, I tell my friends, right, so uh-huh. when you look at, so you you hear the term shoot or shoot, right? Uh-huh. Um, I like to consider myself a sniper, right? There's, okay. There's the... AK-47. Right, and then the spray and pray. Like, right. I'm going yeah. to everybody DMs. Somebody go answer. Somebody go answer. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, but my, my thing is, like, I like to make calculated DM slides. Like, every now and again, I'll make a reckless one just because, like, just because I ain't got shit to lose. Um... But I like to make calculated DM slides. Like, if I feel like I got, like, an 80% chance of success, then I'll slide. But if it's, like, some random girl with, like, 40,000 followers who, like, got all her comments disabled and stuff like that, I'm not finna, I'm not finna slide. Like, it's a million other people that's trying to do the same thing, and there's, there's no point. Um, but yeah. You know what I hear, and you could tell me if I'm wrong, but I hear you... <laughs> Mm-hmm. sliding in the dm and maybe not you but like it sounds like it sounds like you might be coming from the perspective of sliding in the dms of like influencers oh what n- about your regular ever like regular regular schmegular girls with less than a thousand followers so i don't try and slide in influencer dms unless i'm trying to get them on a podcast which i've tried like three or four times and it does okay. not like i get zero answers i'm like yo fam i'm not even kind of holler at you right anyway, <laughs> that's my rant um but no, I I do try and sign like like regular girls DMs. Mm-hmm. Um but the thing is, and part of the reason why I don't think day naps are going away, or at least not super, super soon, is because it's easier to find people and it puts everybody on like an even playing field, right? So like if the the girl who I was telling you about 
that was like a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. I slid in her DMs, but the only reason I found her page is because we have a mutual friend. And that friend was like, okay. oh, this is, you know what I'm saying? This is my friend. I was like, okay, cool. Slide. Right. But had I just been on Instagram, I probably would have never ran across her page. Unless okay, I was no, like, no. Potentially searching. I got you. Cause that's my that's part of my that's part of I, I don't think you should necessarily be sliding in DMs recklessly. I do I I think you should be <laughs> leveraging your network. You should be looking at the friends of your like go to your homeboy's page and see who who he follow, who's following him. Like I th- I I don't I don't necessarily think you should be sliding any old chick. Um <laughs> I do think that because cause again, the way that I've been seeing it, the way that I've looked at it is like one um your friends are tend to be like tend to pick better partners for you than you do so like Mm. and and if someone's in your network like they can vouch you can have some kind of security blanket or some reassurance that this isn't like a complete psycho (laughs) um and be like you're always supposed to like when they talk, talk about your sphere of influence like tap your network first like talk tap your people um, who are closest to you instead of reaching far and wide. Um, and so I see I see using Instagram as a tool to connect with people in your network or extended network who are potentially single and like interesting. you know mm-hmm. I don't necess- like so I think like for example, the the girl that you were just talking about, the fact that you recognize that you had a friend in common, like, I think that's perfect. And it worked out. Yeah. I mean, kind of. I mean, y'all, y'all went on a date. <laughs> the, the DM was The DM slide was right, successful. Right, right, right. That part was successful. Um, but so, I, will, I don't know. Go ahead. What are you, you going to say? I, but, yeah, definitely, lever, definitely leveraging your network is a good thing. And I will give a tip to everybody that wants a DM slide. Um, one of the biggest things is... Don't slide with just a generic, hey, how are you? Do not do that. Like, because the, the the girl who ended up sliding her DM, she happened to be a Delta, and I'm an Alpha. So I found she had, like, a picture of her in, like, a line jacket. And I kind of, I just sent that post to her and then said some kind of Greeky comment, but kind of, mm-hmm. like, talking shit at the same time. <laughs> And then, like, she responded to it. and was like, done. You know what I'm saying? Like, but if I just say, hey, how are, how's it going? It's just like, it, it, like, it, it almost like the first question is like, what do you want? <laughs> like, why yes. are you talking? Why are you contacting yes. me? So, but yeah, like, find, find, like, some kind of common ground and, you know, use that to your advantage. Use that as the icebreaker. You know what I'm saying? So. You know what um, concerns me? <laughs> What's up? That that is things that people don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And the thing is, (laughs) no, no, and I think I I do think that. Um, well, it's not that you don't know it. I don't think that it's almost like. So I'll say, I think a lot of the women that I talk to, (laughs) um, when we are using specific again going back to dating apps, if we're using dating apps, like you let you like you look at the profile and use that to start a conversation. Um, and I don't think men always understand that that's a tactic or a technique to like en- engage in a conversation with women. Um, 
but like I used to do it all, all the time. Like if I was, and that's and that's also one of my filters. Like if you haven't even taken the time to look to find something remotely about me, um, then you just you just saw a picture that you liked, and that's it. Um, but yeah, I like people who are on Instagram and um, Hinge sending hi, how are yous? Listen to CJ because <laughs> like it's not. <laughs> It's just it's it just feels like a waste of everyone's time. Like I could literally I I I don't know how many highs I have in my hinge profile. Like dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of highs and how are yous. And I I've stopped responding. I've I respond sometimes. If like if your profile looks like you might still be interesting and you look good, then you <laughs> might I might give you a how how are you back. Um but yeah, I think it just takes a little bit of work, but I think a lot of people don't want to do that little bit of work. Or maybe no. they don't know to do it. I don't know. They probably, I think the art of, the art of conversation is kind of lost on people. I agree. Um, it's like you kind of in your, your head assume that, you know, if I just say, hey, how are you? Then that you will respond to that just off the off the strength of it's a question, right? <laughs> right. But I mean, it's, People love to talk about themselves. So if I ask you a question about you, aside from how are you, but if I ask you a question about you, about what you do or what you like to do, you're a lot more likely to respond to it because you like talking about yourself. And that's right. just basic human nature. But I also want to give one more tip to the women. Um, if you like one of my pictures from like three months ago, does not count as flirting. Stop it. Because <laughs> I will, like, and I hate that I do this so much, but I will ignore it. Because you can I can take, tell you why, but go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um, you can take the time to still DM me. If, like, mm-hmm. even if it's something as simple as, like, what I did, just take the post, send it to me, and make some kind of comment about it. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like that will get you a lot further than just yep. double tapping. You at least get like me to look at your page to like respond or to send an emoji back. Because to your point, like, first of all, women, I, I'm literally, it's so funny. I'm reading a book. My mom got me. Um, it's by Demetria Lucas. It's called Don't Waste Your Pretty. And it's all um, dating advice. It's mostly from women. But one of the things she says in the book is, like, women think that, like, I looked at you for 0.2 seconds and I double tapped (laughs) on a picture. So why aren't you on your knee, like, asking me to marry you already? Like, women don't understand. I don't I don't think I think society has taught women that if you show interest in a man, you're doing the most. You're being extra. And you're being thirsty, but like showing like men, but men also need to know that there's some level of interest and also some level of effort. And I'll say that's the one thing that I'm noticing. Um, like the more I talk to men particularly is like, I think men and women want the same things, which is someone who's trying, like who's someone who's willing to like, at least meet you remotely in the middle, you know? Um, but I think, we've gotten to the point where women are like, no, I'm in my corner. He needs to come here. And dudes 
I really don't know what dude's perspective is, to be honest. <laughs> I'm not sure why they're That's not coming lot. to the middle. Um, I think maybe because they have a lot of options that they don't have to go to the middle because there are a lot of women who will meet them where they are. Um, it's and I that, think women... Go ahead. It's it's that. It's a, it's a couple other things because, like... Um, and I don't... So, like, in the group I was telling about earlier, we have, like, random arguments about relationships. It feels like every day... Um, and I don't halfway pay attention because it's just draining to listen mm-hmm. to people bicker back and forth all day. Um, but it is kind of like that where it's like you, I think on both sides, it becomes this thing of you have this, this more or less unlimited network and yeah. you're looking for that perfect person. Yes. So if, if you don't approach me the exact way that I want to be approached, yes. Then you're not you're not the type for me, and I'm just gonna leave you alone. You know what yes. I'm saying? So I think that's like that also could just be a big part of it. I have had that exact thought, and it's funny because I've also recognized how toxic. I don't know if that's right where I'm probably overused the word toxic. toxic, but like unhealthy or, or, or unreasonable, I'll say that thought is like I literally have looked at my phone at a D or a, I'll say like a was it you know someone matches with you on Hinge, and they send a message, and I was like mm, I don't like how you. I don't like how you wrote that sentence. Like I don't, <laughs> you know. I want I wanted you to give me a little bit more. It's not exactly what I was looking for, so no, I'm not gonna respond. And it's like it's 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 not cool. You know what I mean? And I, that's why I need to take a break from the apps because I, I don't think I'm engaging in a very thoughtful and and um I don't know healthy way right now. Um, but I think you're absolutely right. I think you're 100 percent right. Turn up. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, so I also am curious how you've been navigating um, dating considering Corona. So it sounds like you did you you've gone out at least on a couple of dates, right? Yeah, I mean, I've been more or less, kind of, sort of, more or less kicking it. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the the first relationship I was only about early in the year ended in like March. Um. And then from, I didn't meet the other girl to like mid-May, I want to say. Okay. Oh, okay. So it's been well, a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Take the back. Take the back. It was beginning of July. It was like end of June, beginning of okay. July. Okay. Okay. And then that ended around the end of July. So I've also never been the type to just like have to always be dating someone. Cause I like I like my space a lot, so mm-hmm. like it's nice to date someone. It's nice to like care about someone, but at the same time, I'm not going to endlessly chase just so I can have somebody to care about. Yeah. You know, because that's tiring. That doesn't end well. Um, I tend to try to make sure that if I am dating you, that at least there is like something about you that helps me feel whole, you know what I'm saying? And not just, you're just not somebody who said yes to going on a date. So, um, so I guess when you, how do you approach dating in general? Um, dating, my, my very simple definition of dating is really just getting to know someone. Uh Um, I'm, I will tell everybody that dinner and or a movie as a first date is stupid. 
because a movie is definitely stupid yeah movies you don't get to find out anything about anybody because yeah. you're just sitting there in the dark in silence right and then dinner dates first date i i still think it's i wouldn't say it's like stupid but i think it's excessive um because that so in my head right i like the first date to be something interactive and simple and also allow for us to split if need be right so if i you know and i haven't had to use it yet but if you know we go on the first date say like i'll say you know let's get ice cream and walk through the park right Mm -hmm. and let's say while we're on this date something i do or say doesn't sit right with you Right. Mm-hmm. And it's just something it, it's like one of those red flags for you. And you don't you don't really see me as a person that you could be with for real. Mm-hmm. being in this like open park setting allows you to say, hey, you know, this just happened. I need to go. Right. Whereas if you're in a the movie theater, you can't just like I mean, you can, but a lot of people don't feel comfortable just leaving me a movie like, OK, this guy's weird. You know, let mm-hmm. me get out of here. You know what I'm saying? Or mid-dinner even. Right. So when it's something simple like I've done flying kites, I've done, you know, walking through the park with ice cream, I've done mini golf, um, even with a batting range once, a lot of those are easier for, they're they're shorter, and they're easier for you to just be like, oh, you know, if for whatever reason you need to, um, even if it is like a real-life emergency, or just like a real deal uncomfortableness, it allows you to easily leave. I mean, and there's and there's no hard feelings because I'm trying to feel you out, you're trying to feel me out. It's only the first date. Um, and if we don't make it past the first date, that's not the worst thing in the world. But that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um because I I've been hearing that perspective a lot more lately. I remember um I think it was last year, I had reposted this tweet that I did not know was, like, circulating the internet, making all kinds of a fuss, and it, like, exploded my Instagram, (laughs) and it was very controversial, apparently, Um, but it was essentially, um, there was a lot to it, but, but the main thing was, like, people should be like first they should be a little lighter um they should be a little it should be more like coffee and drinks a little less Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um significant i guess yeah and i um i 100 percent understand when it comes to especially online dating because you haven't even met that person in person yet like you haven't probably haven't even heard their voice yet. You may have not heard their voice yet. Um, and like you are literally just trying to see if there's any remote chemistry. But I feel like if you know me in real life, if you've seen me in real life and met me and we've like chatted, like like you should know why you're interested in me. <laughs> you should know right. like enough that like it would last through a dinner. You know, I don't know. Like I, I 100% understand that concept when it comes to online dating or even like Instagram dating, I'll say if someone you or, or a blind date, um, 
But I feel like when you meet people in person, like I do, I do want, a, and you, and if you want to call it a date, yeah, like I want a little bit more. I don't know. I, I but I also do. think millennials are generally thinking about dating differently. I yeah, I give you that. Even if I did know you, so say it's say you say you're someone I knew for like two years, right? And mm-hmm. we've you know known each other just like through whatever means. And I've met you in person multiple times. Mm-hmm. Even still, that first date for me would still be something light. Only because for that first date, we've probably never been one-on-one with the expressive intention of trying to get to know each other. Right? If we have been one-on-one, it's like a random situation where it was like five people at the house. We were, you know, of the five and the other three people left to go get like food or something. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so now we're we're just there and we're we're talking killing because time. Yeah, yeah, more or less killing time. But now we have this express intention of trying to get to know each other. And I still have I still do something like because I like the cause like the the a dinner date to me seems very formal, even if it is Applebee's. Still feels kind of formal, and I would rather have something more relaxed. Let's let's yeah. let's just chill. Let's get to know each other. You know what I'm saying? There's no no pressure. You know what I'm saying? It's just me trying and to get to know you. It's funny too because I feel and and this is since one of the reasons why I started the podcast and one of the questions that I've had since I started the podcast like three years ago, whatever four years ago, is like what people qualify as a date and what people qualify as dating because. I go to dinner dates with my friends, you know, like mm-hmm. my girlfriends, mm-hmm. like I call like, yeah, I'm going on a date. Like I, I understand there's a connotation when like when it's a romantic situation, but like, okay, call it what you want. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just, I feel like people choose or sometimes put a lot of pressure on a situation unnecessarily. Um, and I, I feel like it almost seems like it, it might stem from a place of, like, fear of commitment. Um, but I'm like, yeah, we, like, I went on a date with my friend Ashley. You know, like, we got dinner, and it wasn't, it didn't feel like a lot of pressure. It didn't feel like a big commitment because we had dinner together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's funny because I do think I'm, I'm I, I was going to say I do think I'm progressive in a lot of ways. I don't even know if that's true. Um, <laughs> but I would say I'm not very traditional in a lot of ways, but that's one of the things that, like, I feel like I'm maybe old school on, but yeah. But so with the with the dinner date with your friend, you know each other, right? Mm-hmm. And and I'm and again, I'm not saying never go on a dinner date. Like, I mean you could do a movie date. I'm still gonna say movie dates are stupid as a first date, but you can do a movie date later. Um I would I personally probably wouldn't do a, a dinner date. To maybe even third or fourth date, you know what I'm wow. saying? Wow! Yeah, it'll be because the dinner date also doesn't tell me it. It tells me a lot about you from what you say, right? And then there's other like small things like how you treat the waiter, a waitress. That also tells me a lot about you. But when when we are like I'm competitive, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not like super overly competitive, um, but I do like I do like somebody who can challenge me. So when when we go do like mini golf, 
it's how competitive are you? You know what I'm saying? Like, if I start like playfully talking shit, do you talk shit back? Do you, or do you just kind of like not try to entertain it? You know what I'm saying? And I like people who talk shit back. So if you don't try to entertain it, then it's like, oh, okay, well, you're probably not that competitive. And, you know, things like that. Like, I can pick up on a lot more about I you. do agree with that. I agree that active dates, especially in the beginning, just help you help uh, show a side of people that might not come out in, like, just conversation. I definitely right. agree with that. Right. So that's that's my idea on it. You know what I'm saying? It gives me – I'm able to find out a lot about you through conversation, mannerisms, and things like that that I probably wouldn't able to be able to find out just sitting down having dinner with you. But a third, you gotta get, you gotta wait till a third day for a bitch get a get a dinner, like. All right, so let me, <laughs> let me go ahead and break down my my dating formula. Oh shit, so, it's a whole thing. Okay, let's go. Yeah. So the first date is you know something small, something active. It's a it's a vibe check, right? I, okay. I want to see how do we vibe, like you know how are we all together. The second date, I try to. I, I want to take you to do something that I like doing, right? Something small that I like doing. Um, like going to like a bookstore. I don't read as much as I like to read, but I do like to read. So mm-hmm. it's like, let's go walk around a bookstore. And, you know, you, you show me the type of books that you've read, that you like, you know, things like that. And then third day, I try to figure out, based on our conversation stuff, something that you like, that you would be interested in doing. And then, you know, I kind of suggest that as a date, right? So if you happen to be a foodie, then we can go to a new restaurant and then try some new food. But that's kind of like how my, that's how, that's how I like to do my first three dates. It doesn't always happen that way, but that's kind of like the, the mindset I have when I want to date someone. Okay. That makes sense. There's a it's, method it's, to the madness. Yeah, I was gonna say mm-hmm. that's like when, especially when you play it out like that, like the progression. Um, I think that that helps helps me see the picture of what you you're painting. Um, yeah, and it's no, like I see, I, I feel where you're coming from, and I, I think that's a that's a that's a very smart um, uh, method. I guess I don't know if that's the right word, but <laughs> um, and it's funny, like as you're talking, I think one of the things I personally struggle with is like putting myself in the mind of a man, especially in the mind of a man who is meeting a new woman and like what that actually like feels like and what are the actual thoughts? Cause I don't, I don't think I really know. Um, I do think that my ideas about what men think are still very much like stereotypes or based in stereotypes mm-hmm. um I don't like I just don't I don't have a lot of men in my life and I, men still like fascinate me because I'm like how, like, how do you <laughs> think I just don't understand <laughs> um but anywho so okay did we did we ask answer the question of uh what are you doing in corona <laughs> uh I think somewhere along the lines that I'm just chilling you did um, I'm say not that. Okay. Actively trying to date because when I'm off dating apps and it's bad, but a lot of my projects and stuff are keeping me occupied. Like, yeah, that's real. there's my podcast. I'm doing like um, different videos. I'm trying to like start a game show. So oh, 
my my projects are keeping me like occupied. Um, I still need to take care of myself. I have to tell myself that a lot. Uh, yeah. I got to take care of myself, but I'm not like thirsting for the attention of someone else. Got you. I'll oh, that's what I was. What I wanted to ask is, so, so I guess, do you date with the intention of like eventually moving towards marriage with someone? Yeah, honestly, that's a recent um, kind of development or recent maturity for me. As uh-huh. of, I would say three years ago, two three years okay. ago. Um, cause before then I was, I was dating and, you know, I liked the idea of having a girlfriend, mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that. Um, I still wasn't like, like super, super, you know, date every person I can. Uh, but now after kind of being on, you know, a couple of days and meeting different people, I'm starting to understand like what I do and don't want from a relationship now it's gotten to the point where, like, I, I like, I, I fully, not fully, but I mostly understand what I do and don't want. And so there's no need for me to date to just be dating. You know what I'm saying? I can, right. I can look for someone that I want to marry because I know, like, a, a range of, of things that make me happy and a range of things that make me, like, utterly mad. And so now I can like see those qualities in different women and be like, oh well, I couldn't, I couldn't live with you forever because you know, you like to sleep on your back and snore. Not you know, <laughs> like, actually a real a real deal breaker would be if you couldn't move. So this is this is very very small, <laughs> but if you like to sleep with noise, like well not just noise but like a TV or something in the background. Mm. And you and you are hard set on not doing that, then I don't know if we would last because I like to sleep in like silence or white noise. Like somebody was telling me they sleep with like rain sounds. I was like, okay, that's I can deal with that. That's like something like that's doable. Yeah, but if it's like you got to have the TV on and all that good stuff, I'm like, nah, fam. Like that's that's a no no. That's real. If you got to share a bed every night for the rest of your life, you got to you know share it comfortably. Right. Okay, so I want to get into segment three, which is the Do Better Corner. And this Do Better Corner is going to be a little different than most Do Better Corners. <laughs> because this Do Better Corner, we are sharing some pettiness that happened to you, not from you. Right. right. Um, and I, like, specifically withheld on hearing the details of the story because I hear it's good. So <laughs> t- take it away. Uh, hopefully I remember. The only problem is, like, I like skip over parts and hopefully I remember everything as it happened. But if there's any questions about anything, feel free to ask me and it'll drop my memory. Okay. Um, so this particular instance takes place in, uh, you could say December, 2013. Right. Um, as I kind of mentioned before, um, I'm in a fraternity. Um, I'll file for Omicron Kappa chapter army university. I ain't going to get into everything else. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we had a probate on December, I think it was December 6th. We had our probate on December 6th and my ex, so me, so I was dating a girl, um, before that semester, we broke up right before the semester started. So at the probate party, I saw her, whatever we had just 
kind of sort of became cordial again because when we first broke up, it was kind of bad. She didn't want to talk to me, all that good stuff. So that was on a Friday. Well, the following Wednesday, uh, she called me and, you know, I pick up the phone, like, hey, what's up? And she was like, where are you? I'm like, walking back to my apartment. Yeah, you know, what's, what's up? What's good? And so she's like, that's good. That's good. I'm like, what? Why are you so cryptic right now? <laughs> and then she was like, um, I just gave birth. And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> right. So I remember this, remember this very, visit, very vividly because she told me this and I had just walked into my apartment and I just remember as she told me, I was staring at my ceiling and I don't yeah. even remember when I sat down on my couch. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember walking in the house, hearing that. Staring at the ceiling and then realizing I'm on my couch. Jesus. Right. So this was, I don't remember the exact date, but it was like second week of December. Uh-huh. So this was a Tuesday. Um, That Wednesday morning. Sorry, my allergies are acting up again. Um, so that was a Tuesday. Um, I was in, Ar- I was in Auburn, Alabama. Um, the baby was premature. He was taken to the NICU in Birmingham, Alabama. And that NICU happens to be like the best in the country. Uh-huh. Um, that's two and a half hours away. So Wednesday morning, woke up, drove to Birmingham, see her and the baby, right? Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So I have a bad relationship with my dad. It's better now, but at the time of college, we had like a terrible, um, I wouldn't say terrible. It's just like, we just didn't know each other. Mm. Um. And so one of the things I told myself was like, you know, whenever I have a kid, I'm going to be there for him, you know, regardless mm. of what's going on in my life and all that good stuff. So that's why I'm driving two and a half hours right, to a NICU right. to go see the child. Um, get there and, you know, see her, see the baby. Um, doctor comes in and he's saying that, you know, preemie, he's 24 to 26 weeks gestationally. Um because I'm an engineer, I did the math in my head, and I was like, 24, 26 weeks, um, with the 25th week being the week of her birthday. Oh. Right? Now, here's the kicker. Um, I did a co-op slash internship that summer. So her, she, her birthday was June, uh, in the middle of June. And so that summer, I wasn't even in town because I was – in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, co-op. Oh, wow. So I didn't see her the week before her birthday. I didn't see her the week of her birthday. I didn't see her the week after her birthday. I saw her like a week or two after that on my sister's birthday, right? Uh Uh-huh. So red flag number one, right? But, you know, rose-colored lenses, whatever. Right, right, right. Um, And then, right, so the doctor says that, and I'm like, hmm, okay, whatever. Then she tells me that, you know, I'm such a great guy. She'll never like put me on child support and all that good stuff. Um, this is a random thing I know. I don't know how I know it. I just know I know it. And I knew it at the time. Um, in Alabama, if a woman wants to put a man on child support, he has to take a DNA test and Ooh. he has to prove that the child is his. Okay. And then all that good stuff. So her saying that she shouldn't have put me on child support mm. wasn't a red flag at the moment because I wasn't thinking that deep into it, but, you know, all that good stuff. Sis had thought about this. <laughs> <laughs> um, So then 
I spend, and mind you, what I also didn't mention is that Tuesday she called me. I had just thought the finals. So this is finals week. I'm doing all oh, this. Um, so I had to get back down to Auburn that night because I had a final Thursday. Oh, shoot. Are you serious? <laughs> um, it was a lot. Um, so then I spent the next couple of weeks going back and forth between Auburn and the um, the NICU. Told my mom. Um, my mom was in Louisiana at the time. She was like, oh, can I come see him? You know, all the good stuff. Because you know how moms are. Right. I'm like, sure. Uh, fast forward to beginning of January. Uh, I haven't told my LBs. All I've told them in our group chat is that I have something very important to tell you guys. And uh-huh. everybody's like, "What? What's the, what's this news? Like, what's like? Why are you holding out? Blah blah blah." So I get all of them in the room, and I was like, "So I'm a dad," and they're like, "What?" And I was like, "You know, my ex had a kid, you know, back in December." Blah blah blah. And then they're all excited and shit and all that good stuff. I said, "Then maybe a week after that, my mom goes to the hospital. Um, she sees she sees them, you know, all that good stuff. And that was, I think it was her first time meeting my ex too." Mm-hmm. And my ex leaves the room. My mom looks me, looks at me, looks at the baby, looks back at me. This baby don't look like you. Like, Mama, no. Mama, no. <laughs> right. And she was like, you sure this, your baby your, this baby yours? <laughs> you got a paternity test? I was like, no, I didn't. But, you know, I trust her, whatever. She was like, mm, okay. Mm. Whatever you say. So then that's like red flag number two. Yeah. Um. Then me and a guy that I was like friends with in college, Mm-hmm. Um, him and her had been dating before, but then they had broke up long before we had like started date, dating. Mm-hmm. But you know, I felt like it was a courtesy to let him know, you know, oh, okay. the, the the situation of things. So I tell him, and then he comes to me and he's like, you know, be careful. She's not as faithful as you might think she would be. Okay. And I'm like, the fuck is that supposed to mean? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> so. Now, like, I'm getting all these doubts in my head, right? Because right. at first I was like, you know, I guess this is my kid because we were dating at the time you got pregnant. Right. Um, so I'm getting all these doubts in my head. And then I started talking to – and then I'm also still driving back and forth to Birmingham when I can. So I'm talking to my uh, one of my close friends. Um, actually, I talked to one of my female friends first. And she more or less said, these hoes ain't loyal. Get a paternity <laughs> Shout out to her. Um, now I talked to one of my close guy friends, and he was like, I get where you're coming from. You should probably get the paternity test, but at least let her know. Because I did say earlier I wasn't, but mm. he was like, you know, let her know. Just like, just tell her, like, how you how you been feeling about the things and blah, 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 and mm. let her know. But if she go off on you, it's probably not your kid, if we being right. honest. So I'm like, all right, cool. So this is the, this is like February, March. It's close to spring break. I can't remember exactly when spring break was going to happen. Um, I think it's like the week before spring break. So me and her go up to Birmingham. Um, mind you, again, he's premature. Sometimes he gets how to breathe. And as many times I've been to this hospital, I've when he stops breathing, like an alarm goes off. Oh, Okay. And um, it'll go off for maybe like 10, 15 seconds. And then he kind of starts like breathing and then uh-huh. um, everything's fine. Sometimes a nurse has to come in and like do nurse stuff. Uh huh. And then everything's fine. So uh-huh. this particular night, we're in the room. It's 
don't, I don't even remember the time of day. I just remember we were in the room and I brought up like, hey, I want to get a paternity test, you know, all the good stuff. I was like, I trust you, but like, it's been like a lot of doubts and stuff. You know, this is like a big commitment, you know, taking care of a child for the rest of my life. Right. So then we get into an argument, you know, and I can't even remember what the substance of the argument was. I just remember she was mad and me trying to get a paternity test. And the only way I could get her to calm down was just saying, you know what? I won't get it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just remember somewhere in here, she like stormed and like left. I was like, all right, mm-hmm. whatever. So I'm in this room by myself and I like fall asleep. So then I'm falling asleep uh, where I'm asleep and the alarm goes off. Right. Mm-hmm. But at this point I'm used to hearing it. So I'm not tripping. So, but it wakes me up. So I get up, you know what I'm saying? Alarm's going off. Nurse comes in. You said that too. Nurse leaves. A second nurse comes in. I'm like, hmm, there's two nurses. This is new. One nurse leaves. Doctor comes in. I'm like, what the fuck is happening right now? Yeah. So I'm freaking the fuck out because I'm like, what the hell is happening? So then, um, good part of that, he does end up like breathing and starts breathing again, but it was scary fucking I'm sure yeah so then um find her in the morning because this this whole time I was in there by myself like I still uh-huh. don't know the, well I know where she went she was the, like at the bottom of the hospital it was like Waff House she was in there the whole time okay um so but in the morning end up like running into her running into her we rolled up there together so I had to find her anyway <laughs> um we get back to Auburn and, you know, she still thinks that I'm not getting this paternity test. But, ha, you thought. Uh, <laughs> it's like the Friday before spring break. And one of my, we're going to PCB. And one of my LBs lives in Birmingham. And he had to go, he wanted to go home um, and then come back down the next day. And I was like, let me ride up with you because I want to get this paternity test. Because they are more or less up to date on everything that's been going on. Mm-hmm. So we go. Um, get the paternity test. I swabbed the inside of his mouth, all that good shit, put mm-hmm. this shit in the bag, nail this shit off. And he's supposed to come like come home uh the week after spring break. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, you know what? This is gonna be my last hoorah as a free man. Like, so let me enjoy spring break. Uh spoiler alert, I didn't do anything crazy. I still didn't <laughs> drink at the time, so I was just there enjoying the scenery and enjoying my LBs. Mm-hmm. Um I get back from spring break. It's Monday. I'm in one of my classes. I get the email from the clinic or the, the testing place. And I like, I open it and it says 0.00% <gasps> chance of relationship. Right? Shit. Um, earlier that day or maybe the day before I had agreed to, you know, watch them while she went to work. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm a man of my word. Like, even though things have changed, right, 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 I'm going right, to watch right, them. Right. So, uh, before, but before she came over there, uh, when got the results, I printed them out. So, I printed them out. And then. <laughs> it's about to be a Maury moment. <laughs> man, look. So, so she bring them over there. I'm watching them, all that good stuff. And then she come to get them. Um, he's in the living room. Or, like, he was in my room. And then, like, she took him in the living room to, like, put him in the car seat and all that good stuff. So I'm sitting in my room, and I was like, hey, have you ever cheated on me? She was like, no. I'm like, are you sure? And then she was like, yeah, I'm sure. Why do you ask? I'm like, because that baby's not mine. She's like, what? So then I handed her the paper, 
She look at the paper. She go, hmm, grab him and just leave. And I was like, <gasps> oh. <laughs> what? Right. So now I'm like, I got like mixed emotions because it's like, yay, I'm not a father. But it's like, damn, dude, what the fuck happened? Right, what just happened? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I was so confused. So I put that in our group chat, the whole like, I wasn't the father. And then yeah. my, my tail was, because it's like 0.00%, my tail mm. was like three significant figures on their dumb asses. I was like, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm trying to like figure out what the fuck just transpired and i was talking to my homegirl the one that was like these hoes ain't loyal um she was like oh you never caught somebody in a lie before huh and i was like apparently not (laughs) so this is where like i don't know i don't even know how to explain this little the next series of events is kind of like the the epilogue i think Mm -hmm. epilogue is the right word I think so. Um, so I'm not a father anymore. Um, right. <laughs> he's off doing whatever. But at the same time, it's like, I understand what it's like. I mean, because I was like a father for all of like two weeks. Right. Um, so I get, you know, I get like what it's like, or I can just imagine what it would be like to be like a single parent in college trying to graduate. Cause I think she had one or two semesters left. You know, and I can I can understand all of that. So I was still trying to reach out and help because like my uncle lived not far from campus and he met the baby and he knew everything that was going on. So I was like, I still got family here that can help. She was from like Kentucky, so I think all her family was up there. Uh so you know, I'm still trying to be like, yo, I I mean, if you need help, I still got you. Yeah. But at the same time, I was like, But why did you cheat on me though? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was just, I just want to know that question. And yeah. she would always tell me that she never cheated on me. And I'm like, ma'am, what you, what you mean you didn't cheat on me? Did like, she not qualify as cheating because of technicality or something? I, I don't know. We, ne- we never had that conversation. Oh, okay. Like, I, okay. Was, <laughs> I was 100% sure that, you know, yeah. from my, from my perspective, you cheated. So you cheated. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So like, yeah, that happened. And then I found out maybe a month later because her mom and my mom were really cool uh-huh. and now and i found out like a month later that she actually uh forced herself into labor <gasps> to try to make like the timelines and stuff match up are you serious yeah it was a oh, lot oh she full-blown crazy hey you know i dodged i dodged a missile on that one nigga like a <laughs> missile <laughs> what yeah, it was wow that's a whole that's a whole lot yeah and it kind of, <laughs> it kind of got like, it fucked up my next relationship, mm. um, because the next girl I ended up talking to, just to make this situ, just to make this shorter, mm-hmm. uh, we ended up dating like super super quick, but that was because I was still trying to heal from right. that stuff, and she ended up being someone I could confide in, so like I thought I could like trust her, well. I could trust her, but it was like, it was so much trust. I was like, fuck it. We might as well be in a relationship. Bad mm-hmm. idea. Um, two or three months into our relationship, she was like, I'm going to have kids by the time I'm 25. At the time I was 23, she was 24. So 25 was like a year oh, and a half. Yeah. And I was like, uh, nah, no, like, cause I had told her the story of my ex. Like she knew the entire situation. Cause that shit mm-hmm. was just still fresh on my mind. And I was like, 
I can't commit to that because I'm still yeah. kind of like adverse to kids right now. Yeah. And then uh, we, we had a conversation like two times. And then on the third time, she was like, uh, either give me kids or we break up. And I was like, all right, well, we're not together anymore. Yeah. Ultimately, it's not shit. usually a good idea. And so then she hated me for like the next year and a half. And I'm just like, you know what? Fuck this shit. I'm, I'm straight on everybody right now. Yeah. So. Well, that'll that'll do it, you know. That'll <laughs> that'll make you sit your ass down for a little bit and not talk to nobody. That's that's super deep. Like, and you like you like stepped up to the plate too. I and I think um, I don't know. Like <laughs> the situation that men can be put like these kind of situations are really it's like it's fucked up. It's super fucked up. Um, and like I think it's it's you know we like it's it's women often like to talk about the fucked up shit men do. But this is a situation of like sometimes the, the the fucked up things that women can sometimes do. Yeah. Um. And I'm glad you shared it with us because like no that's problem. also a super juicy story. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think I left anything out. So. I mean, it, like the 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 hits were there. You know what I mean. The highlights <laughs> made it in. Regardless, my jaw was on the floor. So win win. Um. Well, anywho, thank you so much for sharing that and sharing everything about your experience, especially like, you know, I think a lot of the topics that we talked about today are, are like tend to be like real personal. Um, so thank you for sharing your, in your transparency. I, I really appreciate that. No and problem. before we go, where can people find you and your podcast and all of that? Yay, shameless plug time. So yep. if you're looking for me on Instagram, it's CJ the Six. C-J-T-H-E the number 6-I-X um, my podcast is called 6 and Friends also the number 6-I-X and Friends you can find that anywhere you listen to podcasts the, there's also the Instagram page which is 6 and Friends Pod honestly if you just go to Instagram CJ the 6 that'll lead you in all the directions that you want to be led, led in um, my podcast is Everyday Life from the Lens of Black Millennials there's like breath of different topics that I go over from financial literacy to strippers shaking their ass in the club so <laughs> whatever you want to listen to I probably got it um, you know, but yeah that's that's me because awesome. I, I like the black millennial we are a complex being <laughs> we, <laughs> Tell me we about it. span the gamut from a PhD to twerking in the club we do it all um, well I'm so glad and I actually I listened to the one episode where the woman got a divorce had recently got a divorce that yep. was a really good episode y'all should go listen to that one <laughs> um, it's definitely a good podcast but again thank you so much CJ I appreciate you and no I will talk to you later yay <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs> all right Thanks for listening to this episode of Situationships Podcast. If you learned anything on this episode, please share the episode with a friend. Get Situationships Podcast merch and early access to podcast episodes by becoming a Situationships Podcast Patreon at patreon.com backslash situationshipspod. You know that situationship you had that one time? The one your girlfriends remind you about when you start acting brand new? I want to hear about it. Hit me up at situationshipspodcast.com 
backslash my story or email me at situationshipspodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to connect with me and the Situationships Podcast listeners on social media. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Situationships Pod and on Twitter at Situations Pod. Talk to you soon. Bye, y'all.